Thank you, Lord. How many had a good week? Everybody get to go to a week of increase? Oh, thank you, Lord. It was good. It was good. The Word was rich. The Word was rich. If, I, uh, if you didn't hear it, I would suggest that you get a copy or go online and listen to it. And if you did hear it, I suggest that you get a copy or go online and hear it again. And then after you're done, go ahead and do it again. Amen? Faith comes by hearing and hearing. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Amen? Glory to God. Let's open up our Bibles to Matthew 13. And we'll start around verse 3. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. So, such an honor to stand in this pulpit. I'm so thankful um, when Brother Moore calls. and Because when he calls, I already know I have the ability to do it. Sometimes he calls and I'm like, can I do that? Yeah, you can do it. Just like when Jesus told Peter to walk on the water. He couldn't until, until, until Jesus told him to. But as soon as Jesus told him to, he could walk on the water. Amen? Matthew 3.13 Jesus spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold. The word behold means look. Amen? Jesus always said look right before He started talking. So He wanted you to look so you could hear what He was getting ready to say. So many people are trying, they got their back, they're doodling, they're doing something else, but they need to look to hear what God's going to say. And because God's going to paint a picture, He's going to show us something in our hearts. That's where He paints His picture. He paints it in your heart. And depending on the condition of your heart, that's what you're going to hear. Mm-hmm. Amen? Mm-hmm. It, you know, and everybody, everybody hears according to where they're at. Like, like right now, if I said dog, everybody that owns a dog th- sees their dog. Yeah. Right? And if you don't own a dog, you see somebody's dog that you do know that owns a dog. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If I say black dog, now I've increased it. Now you're seeing the only black dog you've ever known. Right? <laughs> If I say red car, you immediately picture a red car. Why? Because I just painted a picture in your heart. I enabled you to hear something, and and as you heard it, you saw it. And that's what God looks for. When He's talking to us, He wants us to hear it, and He wants us to see what He's saying. Amen? He wants us to see exactly what He's saying. Just like what I was talking about right there um, before we started this. Um, If you didn't hear the services last week, you should get a hold of them and hear them because they're going to paint a picture of something you've never seen. Amen? But, but as that picture is painted, you'll get a vision of God's heart concerning increase or concerning the things we talked about. You know, lots of times, I'll, and if you have listened to it, you need to listen again because you ain't heard it all. That's like saying, I read the Bible once, I guess I'm okay. Guess what? you got more to read. And it's like Brother Moore said just the other night, you could read one verse 40 times and every time you read it, get something new. God's Word is living and active. And if the Word preached is an anointed Word from God, it's living and active also. And it will always bear fruit every time we hear it again. Amen? Amen? And so many times, you know, I'll have people come to me and I'll I'll say, "Um, well, listen to this series. And they'll say, okay. And they go away and they listen to it. 
And they come back and they say, well, we listened to it, but this is still a problem. I'm like, you need to listen to the series. And they're like, no, we, you already told us to, and we did. I'm like, you need to listen to the series. Why? You didn't get the picture yet. Yeah. Right? You didn't get the picture yet. Just because you heard it one time doesn't mean you got the picture. Yeah. You can listen to it over and over again until you get the picture. Do you know how many times I listened to messages on prosperity by Brother Moore and Brother Copeland and Brother Hagen and anybody I could, before I actually got it? Because the condition of my heart had to change before I could get it. So many times, the first time you listen to it, the condition of your heart wasn't the same as the second time. The condition of your heart may have been good, but the next time it was gooder. Amen? And so so you could receive more from it. Because you don't want to stop at just enough. You want more than enough. And so as you listen to things, and you'll see more. As you hear more, you'll see more. Amen? And, and that's, how, that's why Jesus started off talking about hearing with behold. Amen? He said, look, because I want you to see this. I don't want you just to hear it. I want you to see it. Yeah. Amen? And then he spoke the parable of the sower. And, and why did he speak the parable of the sower? Because he wanted him to see how God works. He wanted him to see how the kingdom of God operates. Do you think everybody got it the first time he said it? Actually, it seemed like nobody got it because then he had to go back and explain it later, which tells us it was a hearing problem. Amen? Because the first one, what they did, they had hard ground, so they couldn't hear, so they didn't see it. Right? They couldn't hear, so they couldn't see. Amen? You have to be able to hear God's Word to see what He's talking about. They, they, they had hard ground. The first, the first one that they scattered, it was, it was on the wayside and it was hard ground. Couldn't. Second one, that they could receive the soil, they could hear it, but they couldn't get a vision of it. They, they, couldn't, they couldn't get a vision of it because about the time the vision, something came in and blocked their vision. About the time they got something, they, were, they got it. They, you ever seen somebody, they get, man, I got it this time, I got it this time. I got it. I'm so excited. I'm going to get mine. I'm going to have mine. And two days later, you get called, and you're like, I don't know why I haven't got it yet. Yeah. That's, that's low soil. Yeah. Low soil. Yeah. Well, you're not going to get it that way. Amen? Amen? You're trying faith at that point. Yeah. That's like people who are trying. I'm going to try this faith thing. I'm going to try this giving stuff. Right? You don't have a vision of God's truth. You know, when, when you truly see God's vision of giving, you see the Master. You see that He gave on the biggest level that anyone will ever give and that, and that we, can, we, we, can, we can attain to that level. Amen? Because that's true giving. And, and so, you know, if, if, the, if you're the second person and you get that word on giving and you give $5 and then tomorrow you quit on that $5, Right? Yeah, right? Then then you're going to get the same thing as if you get, didn't give $5 at all. Right. Because and and what happened was you're you you were shallow ground. Yeah. And underneath there was hard. Okay. Amen. And so so many of the things that we do and that God shows us, he 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 he's showing our heart. And so the preparation of your heart or the the position of your heart if you will will be the most important thing that happens before you read the word. 
You know, one of the, one of the reasons Brother Moore stands up here and prays before is, is that we want the right word, but we also want the hearts to receive the right word. It wouldn't matter how great the word was. Get, you know, there was people that heard Jesus and walked away mad. Right? Yeah. <laughs> they were hearing the Master. They were hearing directly from the throne of God and walked away mad. Why? Because they, many of them were the third soil. They were full of rocks, cares of this, cares of this life, and the, and the pleasures of this life. In other words, they were more concerned with what's going on outside. They were distracted by everything but the Word. It would be like me taking a piece of paper that had been scribbled on and then trying to draw something on it and tell you what it was. Right? You wouldn't be able to tell because there was too many scribbles on it. When, when, when your heart's full of thorns and rocks, there's too much other stuff in there. Even if something comes up, that stuff chokes it out. Yeah. Amen. You ever seen those weeds that, that you, you planted a flower and a weed comes up and you're like, all right, my flower's coming up. <laughs> you see, I do this because I could, could not tell between a flower or a weed <laughs> until it gets a flower on it. And if it's waiting on water, it's in trouble. <laughs> unless, unless God sends rain, it's in trouble. But, you know, it looked just like the flower until you figured out, wait, that, there's no flower there. That's a weed. And not only is it a weed, it's killing my flower. And, and so many times when, when, when our hearts are not ready to hear and to see what God is trying to show us, then, then we never get a picture because it's, it's like drawing on a canvas that's already been drawn on. Amen? Amen. But the fourth one, that's the clean canvas. Amen. That's when, the, that's when the artist flips over another page and there's nothing there. And God can fully explain everything He wanted you to see and you begin seeing it in picture form. How much He loved you. How good He is towards you. And, and, and all those traditional thoughts that you used to have are, are somehow, they begin to be wiped away because now what you believed, you see, wait, the word's contrary to that. You know, think about Jesus himself. He came and he was a picture of the Father. Hebrews, what was that, Hebrews 1? Hebrews 1, we can look at that. Hebrews 1. Hebrews 1 something. Three-ish maybe? Maybe I don't have it in my notes. It's in Hebrews. (laughs) Try Hebrews 1, 3. There you go who being the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person and upholding all things by the word of His power, He was the exact representation of God. So everything He did on the earth was an exact representation of what God would have done. Right? And, and, and so He was painting a picture for everybody that would look of what He of what God would do in each and every situation that he did it. I mean, think about the lady that the lady caught in the act of adultery and she's thrown before him. And, of course, the book says stoner. But wait, Jesus is going to mess with you. Why? Because there's a new picture. There's the, the picture is now of, of, of the truth of God. It's the truth of the Father. And I want to show you what he really looks like, what he always wanted to do before we messed it up. Amen? It's not that He changed. His ability in the earth changed through Jesus Christ. Just like through you and me. His, his ability through you and me didn't change until we were born again. Amen. Yeah. Right? That's when He got ability in your life. 
Amen? And so, so in, in the world, when Jesus came, His ability came into the earth, His full good ability. He, in other words, he, he now has the ability to do things in your life that He couldn't get to before. The, the, he, he's now, and, and the Pharisees are like, no, says Stoner, and He says, no, lover. He says, no, that's not. He said, because... The one, the one of you that doesn't have sin, throw the first stone. That's not in the, that's not in the Old Testament. <laughs> what? That's in Jesus. That's what the Father always wanted. He hasn't changed. That's what He always wanted, but couldn't do. Amen? And now He can do it because through Jesus Christ, His representation's been brought to the earth. Amen? And what, and what He's trying to do is now to get people to see not only who He truly is, but to see just like Him. They want, to see, they, want people, they want us to see a portrait of Him in our heart, and then they, He wants us to take that portrait and become like He is. Amen? And, 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 and when we do that, we, become, we, we love on such a higher level because now the things that we couldn't do, we now can do. But, you know, he, he doesn't ask you to do things until you can do them. Right? He doesn't, did you notice he, he doesn't, He's not asking... Uh, unbelievers to pray for the nation, right? <laughs> he's not asking any unbelievers to to love their enemies, right? He, he's not he, the things he tells us to do. He, there's no unbeliever that he's saying turn the other cheek. He can't even get believers to turn the other cheek, <laughs> but he gives them the ability to. Yeah. Amen. Without Jesus, you don't even have the ability to do that. But when you have Jesus in your life because of His love, you now have an ability in you because you've become like Him. You're seeing not somebody slapping you. You're seeing somebody hurting. You're seeing somebody that needs Jesus. You're seeing somebody that's in a bad situation. You're seeing somebody that's lashing out. You're seeing like Jesus saw. Amen? And and that's what he continually tried to get people to do. And and he he tried to get rid of the distractions. He, you know, a lot of people, they see, well, I'll tell you what, let's go there. Let's go to, uh, uh, we're way out of order now. There we go. Go to Luke 13, around verse 15. Um, This is where the lady that was... uh, bowed over um, on the Sabbath day, obviously, came, came in and Jesus uh, comes and he's going to heal her, right? And, uh, the, of course, the uh, Pharisees and all them, they're like, oh, he's healing on the Sabbath, he's healing on the Sabbath. What are they allowing to happen right there? They're allowing the traditions in their heart right. to override the love of God. Amen? Anytime something overrides the love of God, and again, it's got to be the love of God. The world has a false love. The world has a false narrative, if you will. You hear it all the time on the news. This is their narrative. This, I'm saying, what's a narrative? <clears throat> they're, they're, they're telling you what you should believe, right? The news is telling you how you should believe it. See, they have their truth, right? This is my truth. Well, your truth better be Jesus' truth or it ain't truth, right? And they, they, they look at everything one-sided. They don't see anything two-sided, and they shouldn't even look at two sides. They should go straight back to the Word because Jesus did things that were totally crazy to both sides, 
They, they could not understand it. People that wanted to follow him and people that didn't want to follow him, you know, the, the ones that didn't want to follow him, he's healing on the Sabbath. The ones that did want to follow him, he's eat my flesh and drink my blood. And, you know, he's, he's saying stuff that people can't get. Why? Because you've got to have a picture of who he is. You've got to have a vision and a, and a belief in that vision that he's the Christ, the Son of the living God. Yeah. Amen? The people that believed he was the Christ, the Son of the living God, stayed. Amen? Those people stayed. He said, you're going to leave too? He said, who else has the words of life? I ain't going nowhere. You got them. Amen? But, but he goes into this crowd, and, and, they, and, he, and he says, and then the Lord answered him and said, thou hypocrite. And what's he saying? He's saying, I want you to see something different. He's not being mean. He, he's not. Jesus wasn't mean. He was straight. At times, but he wasn't mean. He's trying to get him to see different. You hypocrite. If you had a donkey or an ox that, that, that got loose or needed water, if you had one of those, would you not go take care of it? Huh? It says, it's not one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his ass from the stall and lead him away to water. Why? Because they still need water on Sunday or Saturday, whatever you... Sunday, right? Whatever Sabbath you take. Saturday happens to be mine because that's when I don't do anything. And that doesn't happen very often either. I'm purposing for it to happen more often. Thank you, Lord. But what's he saying? He said, I want you to look at this different. You're, You're saying that a donkey and an ox are more important than this daughter of Abraham. What's he doing? He's painting a picture. He's painting a picture. He says, you're looking at them as more valuable than my person. And he's trying to get them to see it. He's not not just correcting them. He's directing them. He's painting them a picture, giving them an opportunity to repent. He's giving them an opportunity to see this different. Amen? He's giving them a picture right here because every one of them do this. So he knows they can see it. So if they can see it, if he can give it, get it in their ears, he can put it in their eyes. And he can say, okay, look at this. And so as he sees it, as they see it, they have a choice. As they, let me rephrase that. As they hear it, they have a choice on how they see it. Amen? The next verse. And he said, ought not this daughter of Abraham? I'm still painting you a picture. And then he's going to go further. I'm going to paint this picture even bigger. Satan's bound her. They, they got to hate Satan, right? This daughter of Abraham that Satan has bound. Not only is she a daughter of Abraham, she's your sister. You should love her. Amen? Even in the Old Testament, you love your sister, right? You don't have to love your enemy in the Old Testament, but you got to love your sister. <laughs> so she's your sister, and you hate Satan. So he's bound her. And see, these are the things that we need to see right. We don't need to see people and say, they are so messed up. Stay away from them. Oh, don't go near them. You know, get, get as near as you can without getting their stuff on you. Yeah. Amen. 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 And, and sometimes you got so much of your stuff, they can't get anything near you. But you can get all your stuff all over them. Yeah. Amen. Mess with them. Yeah. Mess with them. Mess with them good. Give them an opportunity to see the goodness of God. Amen? Give them an opportunity to be blessed. Tell them about their value to the, to the Father, even though they don't know Him yet. 
But Amen? Let, let them see a different picture of God than they've seen before. You know the picture of God they know? The one from the news that says He caused the hurricane and He caused the tornado and He, and he won't heal cancer. And he won't, that, that's the one they know. Right? Why would you serve that God? Right? You can get that without Him. Right? You don't even have to do anything to get all that stuff. Right? That's like saying, I wonder how to get poison ivy and rubbing it all over your arm. You just figured it out. That's exactly how you get it. Amen? You don't have to do anything to get the curse. You know, when Jesus said, I set before you this day blessing and cursing, and then said, choose the blessing, choose life, He didn't cause the cursing. He caused the blessing. And the blessing showed out the cursing. Amen? And, And if you don't choose the blessing... You're choosing the cursing. He said, I'm not choosing either. No, you just chose one. Yeah. Right? That's why he said, choose life that you and your seed may live. Because you're going to choose because you'll choose by not choosing. Right. Right. Amen? That's like people say, well, I didn't never, I was going to choose Jesus, but I didn't choose anything else. You've got to choose Jesus. You've got to choose. You've got to choose to be chosen. Amen? Amen? Amen. So so he's still painting this picture. He says, he says the daughter of Abraham... The one that the evil, awful Satan has bound. I'm giving you as much picture. And not only has he bound, he's 18 years. 18 years he's been bugging this lady. 18 years she's walking around like this. Huh? Why why does she have to walk around like that? And they're saying, because it's Sunday. (laughs) Well, how many other days of the week could they have prayed healing over her and did not? So this was more than about about Saturday or Sunday. This was about their heart. Their heart was so steeped in traditional and 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 you do it this way and it's got to go this way and we want this and we don't care what you want that they didn't have time for the love of God. They didn't have time for the things of God. They didn't have time for people because that's the things of God. Right? Guess what? Your finances are not more important to God than people. And when they become more important in your life than people, then your finances won't be going well. Trust me, I know. I spent years seeking finances. And when I started seeking people, I didn't have to think about finances. Why? Because I was thinking about people. Amen? It's, it's just true. When you start, you don't even have to think about it. Can you guys think of a verse where Jesus said, Wow, it's going to cost quite a bit to go to Jerusalem this week. We need to have a meeting. We've got to get some people to sow or we're not going to make it. He never thought about finances because he always had more than enough to get every place he needed to go and feed 5,000 people on the way if he needed to. Right? They asked him what to do. And he said, go buy him food. And he said, oh, it'll cost a bunch of money. He, said, he didn't say he didn't have it. He just did it a different way. I think, I think the ministry of Jesus Christ was well financed. Amen? And, and you'll never know that because he didn't have to talk about it all the time. Amen? He did tell people that they should sow. He did tell people that they should be givers because he knew that that's how they got blessed, same way Paul did. Amen? Giving is a, it, it is a gospel truth, and we got to do it. So anyway... She's a daughter of Abraham, Satan's bounder. It's been 18 years. 
And you know what happens to these people? (laughs) Next verse. When he said all these things, they were ashamed. doesn't say they repented. They were ashamed. He wasn't trying to make them ashamed. He was trying to get them to see a different picture. Amen? They were ashamed at the way they thought, but it didn't change what they thought. It just changed what they thought about that situation. They still didn't believe in healing on the Sabbath day. And they proved it later on. Amen? Because they didn't change. They just got ashamed. Getting ashamed is condemnation. Condemnation isn't salvation. Salvation it comes from a repentance. Right? And I was just talking, me and Kim were just talking about this this morning. Repentance is what you do unto God. Condemnation, you've got to deal with yourself. Because He ain't condemning you. If you're in condemnation, you are allowing yourself to be condemned. Because if He's forgiven you, you're as forgiven as you can ever get. You can't get more forgiveness. Right? That's a good word, forgiveness. Yeah, you can't get any more of that. You're as forgiven as you'll ever be. And so they didn't, they didn't repent. They just felt bad. But all the other people rejoiced because they saw the picture. The ones that rejoiced, they said, wait a second, we get it now. Daughter of Abraham, Satan bound her, 18 years, no more. And they rejoiced. Glory to God, verse 18. And he said unto them, this is what the kingdom of God's like. And where shall I resemble it? What's he doing again? Painting you another picture. How can I resemble it to you? And so he goes on. He says, it's like a mustard seed. Grain of mustard seed, which a man took, cast it in the garden. It grew and it waxed great. It waxed a great tree. And the fowls of the air lodged in the branches thereof. What's he saying? This is a place anyone can get help. He said, I'm, I'm painting you a picture of the kingdom of God. It's a place where anyone can come and be helped. Amen? It's a, pl- it's a place where, where whether it's the Sabbath day or Monday or Tuesday, healing's available. Amen? It's a place where you can, you can get love, you can get peace, you can get joy. It's, it is the land that everything is good in, and you can have it every moment of every day. And if you're tired, i got a branch for you and a shade, and I'm a refuge. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an ever-present help in time of trouble. I'm that place. And, and that, that's, that's what he's trying to tell you. He's not just trying to get you to see a tree. He's trying to get you to see what that tree does. Amen? And, and, and when, he, when he brings the word to us, he's trying to get us to hear what it says and see the goodness of God in it. Amen? Look, look at one more like this, Mark 4. I think it's Mark 4. Mark 3. Mark 3, I'm sorry. Mark 3, 4. And he said... Um, and he said, and this is another Sabbath day. <laughs> another Sabbath day. And he said unto them, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath days or to do evil? To save a life or to kill? And guess what they said? Nothing. Why? Well, first of all, they didn't have an answer because the picture he was painting, they could not hear him. They could not. He said in one verse, he said, he said you know why you don't know my speech? Because you can't hear me. You don't know my speech because you can't hear me. So what's he saying? You can't see the picture because you can't hear what I'm saying. We want to keep our hearts 
open to the things of God. Even if you've seen something over and over and over again, you want to keep your heart open to something new. Amen? Because He'll do it a different way. He'll, he'll, he, he doesn't change. It'll be the same kind of healing, but He'll go about it exactly. Why? Because He knows your heart. He knows where you're at, and He knows what He can paint on it. He knows what you can see. And, he, and you'll, he'll, he'll tell you stuff that sound impossible, but in your heart you know you can do it. Take this, for instance. He said, he said but I tell you who will hear me. He didn't say, I tell you who hear me. He said, I tell you who will hear me. It's in, uh, it's in the Bible. <laughs> I didn't just write it. It's in the Bible. Somewhere in the Bible. In the Bible it is. I'll find it right here, right here. It, it, I'll tell you who, I'll tell you, I say unto you which hear me. Luke six twenty seven. He says, love your enemies. And what's he saying? He said, I'm tell- I'm, I want to talk to you people that will hear me because I'm getting ready to tell you to do something that you can't do, but now you can. I'm getting ready to give you faith to love your enemies with. I'm getting ready to drop in your heart the ability to pray for those who despitefully use you. I'm getting ready to put in you the very essence of God, the character of the Father, that when somebody slaps you on the cheek, you're able to go just like this. And people say, well, why would you have to do that? Jesus did it for everyone. They slapped him. They beat him. He turned to the other cheek. He said nothing. He kept his mouth quiet. And he kept on moving towards salvation for you and me. Amen? And and that's what he was saying. He said, I want to talk to the people that I can draw this picture into. I want to talk to the one that can see. I'm going to put love in your heart for people you never loved before. And you're going to have a desire to tell them about the goodness of God. And you're going to see things about the Father that will enthuse them. It will bring out to them things that stir their heart and enable them to receive from me an opportunity they never had before. But because I'm giving this ability to you, their opportunity is increasing. Amen? Glory to God. That's a huge deal. That's a huge deal because God is constantly putting something in us that is something that is impossible without Him. You cannot love your enemies. In the Old Testament, it doesn't tell you. It says, love those who love you. Right? And he said, he said I want, I'm going I'm to tell you right now, love your enemies. Pray for those who despitefully use you. And immediately in your heart, if you're not listening right, you're saying, that can't do. Sorry, good Lord, you've went too far with this one. You don't know what they've done to me. You don't know where I've been. You don't know what they've said about me. And he's saying, it's not about you. It's about what I can do through you. If you'll allow me to change you from that old creation that couldn't love its enemy to that new creation that could not only love their enemy, but could minister to them. Not only love them, but pray for them. Not only love them, but, but, but help them. Yeah. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Amen. It's, it's, so, it's such a, a stretch in the, in the flesh, but it's so easy when you have the love of God in you. And, 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 and we'll miss it. We'll miss it thinking we're already doing what God told us to do and passing by opportunities to get it. Think about the Good, think about the good Samaritan. 
Samaritan, first of all, was an enemy of the people that Jesus was talking to. Right? They, the, the Jewish people did not like the Samaritans. Samaritans did not like the Jews. Right? In other words, we're going to not only walk all the way around just so we don't have to go through Samaria because we don't want to see them. We just don't like them. That is their enemy. So the good Samaritan. So the guy gets robbed. He's, in the side, he's on the side of the road, and the Levite comes by. And he's doing the will of God. He's a Levite. He's on his way to do the will of God. Right? So he sees, he looks upon the guy, and he doesn't get a picture of love because his picture's already blurred with, I don't have to do that. I don't want to deal with that. That's a huge issue. I can't do it. I'm going to act like I don't see him. I'm just going to walk on by. Right? And then the priest, he walks by, and of course, he's the priest. I don't have to mess with this. That's somebody else's thing. Right? You can get so churchy that, that you never do anything for God. And you say, well, I went to church. That's, you didn't do that for God. You did that for you if you don't do anything when you leave church. Right? right? Because all you did was come and say, I was in church. There you go. And someday when you stand, Lord, I went to church. I got a little certificate that says I didn't miss one Sunday. Got it on my wall. I put it in a big gold plaque. I never missed a Sunday. And he's going to go, what would you do Monday through Saturday? Right. Well, Lord, I worked. And sometimes I'd read my Bible and I'd pray for people to go out and help other people. <laughs> yeah. and, and that's the thing. I mean, we all have the ability to not do these things, but we're a new creature in Christ. Old things can pass away, and all things can become new. And if we'll begin to hear Him with a new ear, huh, and a new mind and a new heart, and you begin to hear Jesus with all those clean slates, you got a clean canvas. He said, now let me draw this picture. Now you got a hold of this. Let me draw you a picture of the goodness of God. Amen? And, and He starts drawing out, and your heart gets a hold of it. And when your heart gets a hold of that, you'll be so excited that you can't not tell somebody about it. You'll go around people that they'll say, why do you just talk about that all the time? I, say, I don't know. I just can't quit. <laughs> He's just so good. I can't quit. Amen? He's such a good God. And he's trying to get the, a vision of who he is inside of us. And as he gets that vision inside of us, it should stir us up to a level where we desire to do more for him and through him. Amen? And so, so the so the priest walks by, and you know he's kind of like that lady that ran out of gas in front of me when I was going to Bible study. <laughs> and I know I've told you guys about that, but you know I'm I'm going to teach a Bible study. I don't have time to help her. And I said that in my heart, and God stopped me, and He said, "What do you mean you don't have time to help her? I put her in your vision. You have time to help her, but God, I got to go teach. But I'll be late." Well, Rick was going to be there. I didn't need to. If I if I'd have missed the whole Bible study, he'd have took care of it. <laughs> I'm the priest. I'm the priest. I'm walking by. Be warm and filled, but I got to go teach Bible study. Thank God he caught me. I missed the opportunity still, because I turned around, went back, and somebody else did it. 
was my opportunity. We don't want to do those things, right? If you let that canvas of his love in your heart, you'll know when to stop and when not to stop. And everybody is not your opportunity. I had people, I had some people one time that needed something. I'm like, okay, God, we're doing this. I got the checkbook out, and he said, no, you're not. I'm like, what? All I want to do is give. And he said, not to them. I'm like, what do you mean? He said, somebody else is supposed to do it. It's not your opportunity. And I didn't, and somebody else did, and thank God it all worked out. You know, I called him several days later to make sure it was taken care of, and it was. God's faithful. Yes. You know what? He allowed me to give somewhere else. In fact, I don't remember, but I probably needed that for whatever I was going, whatever, the opportunity that was mine. Sometimes we give to things that aren't our opportunity, and then when our opportunity comes, we don't have it to give. Right? It doesn't, mean, it doesn't mean you can't give. It just means you need to watch what you do because he's got specific persons along your path that you're going to meet every day. And, and, and he's put a picture in you that will help them. Amen? And somebody else may have a totally different picture, but it's the same God, and it'll help them. Amen? And, and so that's what you want to do. And so the, the priest, he's, he's me, and I can get your gas. I don't have time for it. And besides that, I don't have to. I'm the priest. I'm the priest. I'm holier than thou, nor do I have to messeth with thou. <clears throat> but the Samaritan, the enemy, the enemy, he walks by, and what's the word? He has compassion. The love of God paints a picture, and it's not someone he needs to help. It's an opportunity for him to help. See, when you have to help somebody, it's not nearly as good as when you get to help somebody. Amen? When you get to help somebody, when they're an opportunity waiting on the side of the road, then, then you go, and now the love of God is what's doing the work. It's the love of God that's picking him up. And, he, and he's, taking his, he, he's taking all the stuff he had on his donkey and, he, and he's wiping off his wounds and he's dressing him and, and he's getting him in the ability to go. And he says, well, you know what? I can walk you right. He throws him on his donkey and, and he's walking. Maybe he had two donkeys. I don't know. But he's sharing his donkeys. Yeah, yeah. Amen? Amen. And he doesn't stop there. Because why? Because love doesn't stop until it's complete, until success and, and, and victory are certain. And so he, he takes him all the way to Jericho, right? Jericho? Yeah, some of them, that where he was headed? He was on the road to Jericho, yeah. He takes him on. See? When the professorship comes out, it's right there. You, you, so he's on the road to Jericho, and so he takes him all the way in. He puts him in the hotel, and he says, here's the money for his stay, take care of him, and if it costs anything else, any other cost that are incurred during this time, I'm taking care of him. Glory to God. That's the love of God. Because it wasn't that he had to, it's that he got to. It became an opportunity from the very heart of the Father for him to be this guy's neighbor that day. And, and he was trying to paint a picture to this guy that said, Who is thou neighbor? And he was trying to be nice. He was trying to give him a chance to see. And so he gave him a parable. And he said, This is who a neighbor is. 
A neighbor's the person that'll take my love and, and make it an opportunity to help someone else. That's your neighbor. The one that chooses to help you. And the people in here saying, well, I hope my neighbor comes by. No, you're supposed to be a neighbor. Right? You need to listen to, uh, won't you be my neighbor guy? Huh? Fred. What's his name? Mr. Rogers, thank you. Went blank. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. We did a sermon on that, right? Won't you be my neighbor? And, and, that's, and that's what he's looking for. He's looking for somebody who will be the neighbor. Who is a neighbor? The neighbor's not just somebody who lives next door to you. It's somebody that loves you. We had a neighbor when we first got married. And, man, this guy, I had to be the most irritating person in the world to him because he knew how to fix everything, and everything we had was broke. <laughs> And man, he would come over in the middle of the night when my air conditioner wasn't working. He'd fix it. He'd come over and fix my heat. He fixed our water heater one time. He took care of, they took care of our cat and our dog. And our, man, and they were great. And I don't think we ever repaid them. Wow. But God will. Amen. Right. Amen. We did. I mean, we said thank you. But we didn't have any money. We couldn't have repaid him. If he would have charged me for anything that he did, I'd have been in trouble. I was barely paying for the house we were living in. That's why everything was broke. (laughs) But thank God for that neighbor who saw me as an opportunity and loved me. And, 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 you know, hopefully they know God. I think they do. We weren't really in the greatest place at that time, but we still see them. We still talk to them. So God's good. And And that's what he's looking for. He's looking for somebody who would love on that level, love on the same level as the enemy just loved this person. Amen? Where did I tell you guys to go? Mark 3. Wow, we, didn't, we went a long way to get to Mark 3, didn't we? Thank you, Lord. Mark 3, verse 4. This is again. And see, every time Jesus is talking, He's trying to give somebody a picture so that they can believe something different than they believe. Right? Remember, when you're in tradition, it's very hard for you to see the goodness of God because your tradi- it's hard for God to get past your traditions. You know, if, you, if you've all your life heard God may and God might and sometimes He says yes, sometimes He says no, and sometimes He says maybe, and I'm still looking for that verse. Yeah. I haven't found it yet. <laughs> but, you know, if, you, if you've heard those things all your life from church or the TV, because, you know, a lot of people just get their beliefs right off the TV. You know, they say, oh, when the good Lord upstairs is ready for me to go, I guess I'll go. Well, they don't even look to see if that's a scripture because it ain't. Right. And so you just, took your, you just took your life or death on, over a western. <laughs> huh? <laughs> right? <laughs> right? You know, people, you know, the, word, the one I like the least is sea and hell. I'm like, why would you tell somebody that? First of all, you should never want them there. And second of all, you don't want to be there. Amen? And people are saying this like it's nothing. Why? Because they don't know how good God is. It's our job to get that picture in us so we can get that picture to them. Amen? The goodness of God is, is, is a picture that when He begins painting it, He just keeps going. Everybody, everybody know Bob Ross, right? He's still alive. She says he isn't, but yeah, I don't care what he should. I see him on TV. He must be. The guy that paints, he'll paint and he'll say, I'm going to put a happy little tree over here. 
how about a little Klondike, what is it, Van Dyke Brown over here. And he's really sweet the whole time he does it. You know, but he's painting a picture, and you think he's about done, and he keeps going. And he actually adds something to the picture and makes it better. And he just keeps going, and he says, and, and when we're done, you can even add more. Like, wow. God paints eternal pictures. No matter how done you think it is, he's got more to put on it. And he'll paint a picture in your heart that you can take to the world. And you'll change people every time you take it. Amen? But, but you've got to be willing to do just what Jesus did. You've got to be willing at any moment to come up with these kind of things. This is the wisdom of God. When, when you say who, whoever has the, no sin casts the first stone, nobody had ever said that before. Why? Because it's the wisdom of God born out of the love of God. He loved that lady, and so the wisdom of God came up to save her that day. She was saved that day. Glory to God. Back, back to our verses. Sorry about that. I'm, I'm really out here. On the, I'm on the ledge, but I'm heading back. And he said unto them, Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath days or to do evil? To save a life or to kill? And they wouldn't say a word. Why? Because it'll show you why they didn't say a word. Next heart, Next verse. And when they looked around, when he look, had looked around about on them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their heart. If you want to see the things of God, you've got to have a soft heart. You cannot harden your heart to any person, no matter what they've done, no matter what they've said, no matter how many times they've done it. You have to have a soft spot for them. You have to. Because you can no longer hear, because it's, it's, just, it's like the seed by the wayside. Your heart's hard, and, and Jesus is throwing out the seed, and it's just landing on that hard ground, and it'll never take root. Why? Because they can't hear it. They can't hear it, therefore they can't see what he's trying to do. They can't see that he just loves this man. Jesus healed... <laughs> He went about doing good and healing all those oppressed of the devil. You know why? He was full of the love of God. You know, everybody says, well, he was just showing. You know, he, was, he just wanted people to see that he was the Son of God. No, he wanted the people to see the love of God. He wanted people to see how good he was. He wanted people to see a vision of God that they had never seen before. And he's trying to get it to these people. And they're, and they're rejecting it for the hardness of their heart. Why? Because they can't see or hear what he's trying to do. And, and so he says, he, he's, he's angered with them at the hardness of their heart, and he says to the man, stretch forth your hand. It, it, didn't, it didn't keep him from doing what he came to do. Right? He was upset because they weren't getting it. He's like, God wants you to see this so much. If you could only see what God is wanting to get into your heart right now, but because it's so hard, you won't see it. And even after he stretched forth his hand, even after that, he stretched forth his hand and his hand was restored whole as the other. The man standing there with two whole hands. Verse 6, And the Pharisees went straight away. Straight, how much of what Jesus just, just did did they hear and see? Nothing. They received nothing. They went straight away, took counsel with the Herodians. You know, I wouldn't want to be a Herodian. I'll just tell you that. Because I wouldn't want to be called a Herodian. Right? Yeah. They went, in other words, they went against, 
their own country. Right? They, did, they went outside of the Jewish nation, went to their own against, so they might just see how they might destroy him. Because he came and preached and taught the goodness of God. Now, don't be surprised when you go and you teach and you, and you speak and you live the goodness of God. Don't be surprised if there's some people like this with a hard heart that won't receive it. But it didn't keep Jesus from telling them, did it? Why? Because it was one more opportunity. Maybe they'll see it this time. Maybe they'll see it this time. Maybe they'll see it this time. I've, I've used the woman caught in adultery. I've used the guy with the hand. I've used the lady bowed over. I've talked to him, and I'm going to keep talking to him. Why? Because he loves them. He loves them. He, he, he loves them, and he came to die for them just like he was dying for everyone else. He rose again for them just like he rose again for everyone else, and he had a plan for their life that was not in the traditions of the book but in the goodness of God. Yeah. Amen? And, and, and if they would just get a hold of it, if they just take hold of this one thing and see how good He is, then, amen? Yeah. But, but they've, they've talked amongst themselves so long that they're ingrained in tradition and they can't get past it and they don't want people, they're jealous, they're covetous, and they don't want people following Jesus because they want to keep their people. Amen? <laughs> Huh? That's, that, that'd be like us talking bad about another church. Oh, you're going to go to that church? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know what they believe. Go right ahead. You'll be back. Just let me tell you about the preacher there. You know what? No, never do that. Never do that. That's, that's not okay. That's not the love of God. If somebody says they're going somewhere... You wish them, you, you wish them well. If you don't feel like they're supposed to go, send them to send them to somebody that maybe could talk to them. May not be you, I don't know. But don't talk bad about the church. No. Don't talk bad about the ministry. That's dangerous, right? David wouldn't even talk bad about Saul when he was full of the devil. Don't want to talk bad about place, people in place. You don't want to talk bad about people God loves. So you know who that includes? Every person ever born on the earth. So. That's who we can talk bad about. If you like talking bad about somebody today, talk bad about the only person God doesn't love. The devil. That's going to be it. That's you're going to be your only choice is the devil. Talk bad about him all day long. Amen? Glory to God. Man, this is good. This is good stuff. Matthew 9, and we'll close with that. Jesus is painting a picture. Jesus paints pictures. And, and he gives them, that, that's why he makes us new. He's not trying to put new stuff in old people. He says, I'm going to make you a new creature so that you can hear all the stuff, that the, all the abilities that God's going to give you. But think, think about the, where he says, don't put uh, new wine in old wine. Right? He says, don't put new wine in old wine bottles or they'll burst and they'll both be lost. And, and what he says is he says, put the new wine in a new bottle, put the old wine in the old, old bottle, and they'll both be preserved. And a lot of people say, oh, Old Testament's passed away. No, it's preserved. It, it's, it's a shadow. It's, it's a type. And, and if, we're, if we're not reading it, we're not learning. We're not seeing the whole picture that God wants us to see about what he's done through Jesus Christ. Without the Old Testament, you don't know how much he's done. Amen. You need, the old, you need the old and the new, but he makes you new so that you can receive 
everything he wants put in you. He, he wants a clean canvas so that he can let you see how good he is. He wants a clean canvas so he can let you see people the way he sees people. And this is the way he sees people. Look at Matthew. This is exactly, this is Jesus telling people what they should see. Matthew 9, 36. And when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with the same thing the Samaritan was moved with. Compassion. That's the love of God and the ability of God through love. Amen? Amen. And when he was moved with that compassion on them, why? Because they fainted. You know what they were doing? They were doing exactly what every person in the world today is doing without Jesus. You know, a lot of people look at this verse and they say, well, they were probably tired and broke down and and crying. No, they were out making money. They were out cussing. They were <laughs> they were they were out doing just what me and you did before we knew Jesus. Yeah. Right? They were enjoying the world. They they were doing stupid things all the time and calling it okay. Just like me and you before we knew Jesus. And sometimes after we knew Jesus. Thank God for forgiveness. Amen. Right? That's, that's the thing. He's not seeing a bunch of people that are just sick and broke down. He's seeing every person in a whole crowd that's not knowing about a shepherd. And, and, he, and he's seeing them, and, he, and instead of saying, man, they're going to hell in a handbasket. I don't know how you can fix that. You know, that's, that's stupid gone to seed right there. I don't know about that. You know, there's so many things that that, you, that people say when they see people um, acting wrong. You know, you, you watch TV and you see people saying things that they shouldn't say. And you're like, and you, and you get mad at them. Well, you can't. This is who they are. This is who they are. They don't know. And then people say, well, they should know. Well, they're not going to know when, if just by us saying they should know. Right? Jesus saw the multitudes and he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. In other words, they were all out doing their own thing and on their way to hell. And he was against that. And me and you should be against that. They were sick and he wanted them well. Me and you should be against people. Well, they sinned. They should be sick. No. You sin too. Should you be sick? No, we want to be the most compassionate people. We want to be the ones that say, hey, I know something better. I know someone great who can make you great. I know someone who cared so much about you that he gave his life for you. Amen. We need to see these people like they might not make it through tomorrow if we don't talk to them. Amen. What can I do to plant my seed in their life? In any way, that seed of love. What, what's my opportunity? What, who am I seeing by the wayside that's, that's been left for dead? That's been left because he was too stupid to go take the other road. He shouldn't have been on this road anyway. What was that guy doing taking this road? They knew it was a dangerous road. Why is he taking that road? It's a dangerous road. shouldn't be on this road. You're on the road. <clears throat> How did you see him? You know, it's like watching TV and say, oh, they shouldn't say stuff like that. That's stupid. No wonder they're in bad shape. They, they say these things. They do. You're watching the TV that they're on. Maybe you're supposed to be praying instead of judging. Huh? 
Glory to God. We can do so much more because of the ability given to us. When he said, go back to the verses. When he said, where were those verses? They were in there. They were in the Bible, I remember. We talked, to, we talked about them. There we go. Verse in, in Luke 6, 27. When he said this, he was literally giving us ability that he knew we didn't have, but he knew we could have. And this is what you do every time you see something that's contrary to God and and you're in a position to do something. You say, I'm going to love my enemies and I'm going to do good to those who despitefully use me. I'm going to pray for those who are against me. I'm going to be merciful to people that aren't merciful to me. I'm going to be just like God. I'm going to be kind to the unthankful. Huh? I mean, if you just go back to... Luke 6, and read the whole thing. He talks about the merciful, being merciful. He talks about being like your Father and who's in heaven. If you're merciful, if you're kind, if you're praying for people who, who don't pray for you or who don't love you. And he even says, if you only love those people that love you, what thank have you? None. Because you didn't use his ability. You could do that without him. He's saying, I made you a new creature so you could do new things. You could do things that you could never do before. Your carnal mind was an, an enmity against me, but your, your reborn spirit is reborn in my likeness, in my image. And so let me continue to paint you a picture of who I am so you can see who you're becoming. And every day that you walk out his word, every day that you love somebody that's unlovable, every day that you, you become more and more like him. And as you look at the picture that's being painted, you see God and then you see you and you see you and God coming closer and closer and becoming one. Why? Because all things are becoming new. And the old, the old Dave that would have judged and, and said, I'm not doing that, I don't have time for that, she can get her own gas. That guy, he's gone. <laughs> But the new Dave that's created in the image and likeness of God, that's recreated in, by His Spirit to walk in the things that He's given us to do, to love your enemies. What freedom there is in loving your... You know, it takes effort to hate somebody. But if you use His love and love somebody, it takes no effort because why? You're not using your love. You're using His. It's His strength. It's His love. It's His goodness. You're just being like Him because you're one of His. Glory to God. How many want to be like that? How many want to look out and see the world and quit saying, oh, what are we going to do? How's this ever going to get fixed? It's going to get fixed. God's already got it in. It's going to get fixed. All of it. We want to take as many of them with us as we can. He, He sent us here to make sure that as many people as could go would have the opportunity to go. As many people who would receive healing could be healed. As many people who needed peace could have peace. As many people who needed to know that God loved them would hear that one thing, God loves you. Glory to God. Stand to your feet. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Whew. Glory to God.